We want to say good day once again as you join us here who are listening to us on the internet or also listening to us live on the radio here. We want to say welcome again to this edition of Caribbean Agriculture Forum as we see that's our agriculture pro- program that is creating a platform for dialogue and discussion of all issues in the agriculture sector locally, regionally, and internationally, where we are going to have discussion on various topics and have various guests here with us. And, of course, this week's lineup, as usual, we'll have the plant and nutrition segment. We'll also have a segment dealing with food safety. We'll also have our fishing industry discussion, where we look at it from the bow. And, of course, we have uh, general interviews this week. We have two interviews. Actually, we have one with Mr. Thaddeus Peters out of Caris and Andrew Grenada, and he's telling us about an uh, event that they have coming up this Friday called Bashilaka. So we'll hear a little bit about that later on. And, of course, we have another interview with one Mr. Alistair Glynn out of the Trinidad and Tobago Agribusiness Association and also of the Caribbean Agribusiness Association. Speaking about cassava, industry in Trinidad. We also going to take a look at the website Pick of the Week where we'll tour and look at the website that we recommend to you that you can look at. And of course remember you can also take part in this discussion by emailing us to any information that you'd want to do and I will give you that in a moment. Also we would have the recipe Pick of the Week that is also coming up. And you can email to us a recipe or website that you want to suggest or some information that you want to share with us. You can email to Caribbean Agriculture Forum at gmail.com and we will gladly um, have it and share it with others, of course. So we want to say thanks also to all the listening public outside there who has joined us and we hope that you would have a very good and interesting program today as we try to bring enough information for you to make proper decisions. Of course, Caribbean Agriculture Forum is brought to us with the kind courtesies and compliments of the Spice Isle Fish House Limited, Bain and Sons Limited, Computer Visioners, Coats, Grenada Distillers, and Eastern Caribbean Fertilizer Corporation out from Barbados. And I'm your host, Roderick Sinclair, so you just sit back and stay tuned as we take a word from our sponsors. It's a perfect time to rejuvenate the most restful room in your home. At Courts, we're hosting a bedding and bedroom event where you'll find great deals that you don't want to miss. Our mattresses start from only $279. Also, get a queen for the price of a double or a king for the price of a queen with the purchase of selected sleep-on-it mattresses and divans. Plus, find unbeatable combos in store. So why not sleep in? We'll even throw in some free pillows. It's the bedding and bedroom event only at Courts. Courts, bringing value home. 
For the best in professional and efficient computer services, visit us, Computer Visionaires, on Gore Street, St. George, or Seaton Run Street in Glenville. We specialize in computer classes, typing, and printing. We also offer online visa appointments, international phone calling, and PC repairs. Not forgetting photocopying, faxing, laptop rentals, and math, English, and accounts evening classes. For more information, contact us at 435-1842 or 442-8801 or email compvision63 at hotmail.com. Computer Vision is the reliable and professional internet cafe in town. Line here with Mr. Thaddeus Peters out of Carrier St. Andrews, Grenada. And um, Thaddeus here is going to tell us of an event that is going to be happening this coming Friday. Um, Thaddeus, are you here with me? Yes, I'm here in your Okay, that is, um, tell us a little bit. You are part of an organization, a career development organization. Um, how long have you guys been existing? Um, we have been existing just over four years now, and um, it's a group in the village of Carrier that came together because Carrier in a village, a rural village in St. Andrews, we hardly any much activities happening. It's not in mainstream limelight villages. So we came together to organize, you know, any little activity that can lighten up the village. And basically, we we have been having about three or four main events annually since then. Um, the main one is, which is going to be coming up this Friday, 27th, we refer to it as Bashilaka, um, Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, people may always want to ask, what is Basilaka? And basically, it's um, a form of Saraka, basically. But the name Basilaka came about because we already serve the food in Calabash, you know? Okay. So the word coming from, from Calabash. So any food, we, we actually cook food and serve, you know, because sacrifice from the same Saraka tradition, but we tend to serve the food in Calabash. So what time is this event supposed to start? Well, actually, the preparation starts from um, early on Friday, like the cooking and, and so on, but we, we generally invite the public to come around from around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we, we tend to open many 132. Mm-hmm. We'll open with no traditional prayer and no blessing of the, of, of the food, okay. and then we'll be um, serving food to the public, anybody, friends, everybody's invited. But, of course, from my personal experience in visiting um, those events, the, the, the cooking and the preparation and so on is, is a major attraction that folks would want to be there very early in the morning. Well, yes, people can come around to witness, to to even assist if they wish to. Um, if food cooked on open fire, you know, traditional village style, you know, the, the, the big pots on, as I said, on tree stones or, you know, on different firesides, so it's wood, wood fire. Mm-hmm. It's not no inside cooking, it's open air cooking and... Um, and and um, some of the traditional um, saraka dishes, you know, you have the rice, you have the, the stew meat, you have the, um, the, the the fish and pea soup. You know, these all these will be will will be being prepared. You know, and there will be have some of the more um, modern local ones, the the oil dog, and you know, will also be part of part of the of the whole event. So, what really is, is the significance of, of, of this sort of, I would say, if I may call it a ceremony? Well, it's really um, a lot of thanksgiving for, you know, the, 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 the produce we have produced for, for the year. And Caribbean, a rural village, an agricultural village, you know, people 
we grow traditional crops, you know, we grow the permanent crops, or we grow the traditional um, um, field crops, and, you know, the pigeon teas, the potatoes, and so on. So it's just asking the village to just give, like, thanks for the production for the year, basically. So what sort of um, support would you say you have been getting over the years in terms of persons attending this function? Oh, well, it, it has been good, and it's growing. This is our third um, year. Well, it's third since that are rebirth because um, the, the Bachelaka itself um, took place in the in the 90s. You know, we had a group of guys. They were less formal, but they, they, they came together, in, and they, they, they started the Bachelaka, and it ran for about four or five years, and then it fizzled out. So since our group started back, I say four years ago, we thought it was something we can pick up from those who would have, you know, gone before. So we, as the group itself, is not the pioneer, but we are just continuing what um, some some of our um, folks started, you know, and for the, ten projects ago. And for the benefit of our listeners on the outside, um, do they have to pay for this food, or it's, it's free? No, it, it's free. Um, we also we like fundraising, so then we you know we run a bar and have, and we also looking to have um, cultural event. We are not hundred percent at this point, but we're trying to get like the drumming and so on goes. Um, okay. That we can have a part of the event in the afternoon. Well, I would really like for you to have the drumming because I normally is very fascinated by the drums. I mean, I've been to only this year the one down in, in Lapo Tree, and many years I, I attend the one up in River Sally and. Trust me, I stayed to the drum until the morning. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a very last year. Um, the last couple of years we had we had the drumming, we had the Tivoli drummers, and you know towards the afternoon it was you know great. So we are endeavouring to ensure that we have some drums this year. Okay, any parting words you want to leave with our listeners? Well, we're just asking people to support. We and everyone is invited. Um, it's it's like a whole one family affair. It takes place at the carrier pasture, the carrier is ground. Okay. And generally, just one location. It's slight different from the other villages where you have um, it taking place at various locations. When you come to carry, you just come to that one central location. So usually, everybody meet around as like one family and so on. So, so we're just asking for your support. And your participation. Okay. Yeah. So he says Bashilaka is food. Bashilaka. Um, and food Salaka serving. style. Yes, yeah, Salaka style. Serving calabash. And uh, and last year when people came, they were like fascinated. You know, even people wanted to, can we have a calabash to go with? To go with, okay. you know? And, so, so, so people must bring the calabash. They must bring the bashi. <laughs> you, you can come. We have. We, we will have, but we if you have at home, you can come with, you know, so it, it, it's no problem. All right, speaking here to Tadeus Peters of the Career Development Organization, it's an Andrew Grenada here, giving us an update on a main activity they have coming up this Friday here, the Bachelacker, out at the Career Playing Field in St. Andrew. Tadeus, thank you so much, and you have a good day, and wish you all the best, and maybe we can get an update at the end of the event. Yeah, thanks much. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. Cool. Okay, as we are about to enter this week's segment on Caribbean Agriculture Forum, we are going to look at the whole issue of soil and plant nutrition. And, of course, this is brought to us with the compliments of Eastern Caribbean Fertilizer Corporation, based out in Barbados. And this week we will get a little tip here from David Christopherson, the managing director of this company, where he made some statements in Grenada recently during the...
Fertilizer Facts Roadshow, which also included St. Vincent and St. Lucia. He was accompanied in these seminars by Dr. Robert Mullin of the Potash Corporation of Saskatchewan in Canada. That's one of the largest fertilizer companies in the world. And, of course, Dr. Terence Fullerton, a Grenadian by birth. He is a soil scientist involved in testing soils and offering those sort of services, of agro-services international based out in the USA. Of course, what I will do next week program, we will hear extended discussion and presentation by these folks. It will take us a couple of programs to get through, but we won't go to... We are going to be making this available as of next week. But, of course, this week let us get this snippet from Brother Christopherson. Managing nutrients. What's it say right up the top? To understand how to best nourish their crops in an economical manner. That's what we are here to try to get over to you, is how to do it in a very economical manner. Often people say, oh, well, fertilizer price too high. You know, and what's back fertilizer cost? That's important, but it's very minor compared to what is the cost of the fertilizer per pound of produce or, per, or whatever you are producing. That's what we're really looking at. Maybe your price of fertilizer will be higher, but if you're using the right kind and you get a much better yield, then economically we've, we've accomplished it. And there's an example on the next page as to what has been done in the U.S., and I'm not using them necessarily as putting them on a pedestal, but the point is that it says over there that uh, farmers... Uh, farmers uh, doubled corn production using fewer nutrients. Now, if you can double your production using fewer nutrients, then you are really getting a really good economical uh, benefit. So I'm not going. So this has brought us to the end of this week's segment on plant and soil nutrition where we discuss all the advice and information that can help our farmers and producers with keeping the soil healthy because of course we have to see the soil as how we see our body and if it's healthy and rich then it would give us healthy and good quality products. Of course as we say next week we're going to bring an extended discussion and presentation by this visiting team who are visiting the Grenada St. Vincent and St. Lucia as they spread the, the information and share with the farmers. Of course, as we said, this, this segment here has been brought to you with the compliments of Eastern Caribbean Fertilizer Corporation based in Barbados. So we want to welcome you again to this week's Food Safety Corner. And this will be brought to you with the kind compliments of Coats Limited. The freshest foods, the perfect meal, the ultimate kitchen. 
At Cord's, we offer the widest range of kitchen solutions from the world's top brands at the best prices guaranteed. And right now at Cord's, when you purchase any appliance, you get a chance to live free for one year, where every month for one year, all your utilities and food expenses are paid for you. Plus, if your appliance purchase is a Whirlpool, you can win a 32-inch Sony LCD TV. So shop now and your problems are solved. Only at Cord's, bringing value home. See Crescent in-store for more details. As we get ready for this week's food safety corner, where we are looking at issues relating to keeping us healthy and safe as we consume our foods. And this week we will want to look at the whole issue of food safety as it relates to preparing you know, snacks and lunches for the little ones, the little children going to school, here we have a couple tips for you, and one of it says, start each day with a clean slate, start each day off fresh by making sure your child's lunchbox or lunch bag is washed with warm soapy water after each use, it's just one more way to keep lunchtime bacteria at bay, we have another one here that we want to share with you, on hectic mornings when preparing your child's lunch, take the time to avoid shortcuts that can lead to foodborne illnesses. Be sure to wash your hands before, during, and after preparing children's lunch. Make sure containers and surfaces are cleaned, and any remnants of last night's dinner are long gone to prevent cross-contamination. And I will share two more with you. Perishable foods should not be left out of refrigerators for more than two hours, but many students don't have access to a refrigerator at school. Help keep your child's lunch safe by packing it in an insulated lunch bag or lunch box and including an ice pack or frozen beverage container. And the last one I will show with you for this week is Mind your fruits and veggies, and we're saying that you should wash all your fruits and vegetables before you feed it or prepare it for the children, so as to eliminate any harmful bacteria that can spread during peeling or cutting. So this week, here we look at the whole issue of our food safety corner, compliments, quotes, Grenada Limit. The freshest foods. The perfect meal, the ultimate kitchen. At Courts, we offer the widest range of kitchen solutions from the world's top brands at the best prices guaranteed. And right now at Courts, when you purchase any appliance, you get a chance to live free for one year, where every month for one year, all your utilities and food expenses are paid for you. Plus, if your appliance purchases a Whirlpool, you can win a 32-inch Sony LCD TV. So shop now and your problems are solved. Only at Courts, bringing value home. See Crescent in-store for more details. Okay, listeners, as we remind you, on the outside, you are listening to Caribbean Agriculture Forum. It's all agriculture topic. We discuss all issues. We create a platform for dialogue and discussion in Grenada, Caribbean, and of course, and the world. I'm your host, Roderick Sinclair. Welcome to this week's segment, From the Bow, where we discuss all the issues relating to the fishing industry, you know, fish is a very important part, a very important sector in our region, and of course it's a good source of protein. It's a good livelihood for a lot of persons also. So this week's From the Bow, it's 
coming to us with the kind compliments of Spice Isle Fish House Limited. And this week, from the bow, we will look at making the right decisions as a customer and also as a fisherman too in terms of the quality of the fish and we say buy right fresh fish what do we look for we say only buy fish that is refrigerated or displayed on a thick bed of fresh ice that is not melting preferably in a case or under some type of cover for protection fish should smell fresh and mild not fishy sour uh, ammonia-like sort of scent. A fish I should be clear and bulge a little, so it's not, it shouldn't be looking as if it's sinking or sunken in. Okay, whole fish and fillet should have firm, shiny flesh and bright red gills, free from milky slime. The flesh should spring back when pressed with your finger or something like that. It's supposed to bounce back to you and not appear dead. Fish fillet should display no discoloration, darkening or drying around the edges. And if you are dealing with shrimps, also say that shrimps, the flesh should be translucent. It's supposed to be you know, bright and shiny, translucent and shiny with little or no odor. Some refrigerated seafood may have a time temperature indicators on the package which show if the product has been stored at proper temperatures and if that's the case then you need to check and see that the indicator is the correct temperature for keeping your food safe. And in terms of storage of course when you purchase and you're taking it home also or maybe at the fisherman level or the vendor's level. You have to put seafood on ice or in the refrigerator or freezer soon after buying it. If seafood will not be used within two days after purchase, store it in the refrigerator. Otherwise, wrap it tightly in plastic foil or moisture-proof paper and store it in the freezer. And even as customers too, you know, you go to buy your fish, you may want to carry along a little cooler so so that you can maintain the, 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 the quality of your of your fish because sometimes you know you buy your fish and then you don't go home directly. In some cases, um, they also refer to buying your fish as the uh, your fish products last, you know, so it tend to maintain the, the quality and so on, especially if it's fresh fish. Okay, so as we say this week, information from the bar where we discuss all the fishing business, fishing issues, we say that this has come to us with the compliments of the folks out of Spice Isle Fishers Limited, situated in Grand Mall, St. George's, Grenada. You are listening to Caribbean Agriculture Forum. It's your agriculture program on the station here, covering issues of agriculture in the Caribbean and, of course, the world, creating a platform for the dialogue and discussion, sharing of information. And, of course, Caribbean Agriculture Forum is brought to us with the kind compliments of Spicel Fish House Limited, Bain & Sons Limited, Computer Visioners, 
quotes the Grenada Distillers and Eastern Caribbean Fertilizer Corporation based in Barbados. We are about to get into discussion with one Alistair Green. He's based in Trinidad and Tobago and he's also a member of the Caribbean Agribusiness Association and also the Trinidad and Tobago Agribusiness Association known as TABA. Um, specifically here we want to speak to Alistair this week regarding something that is happening in Trinidad, the whole issue of cassava promotion and so on. Um, good day, Alistair. Could you give us some update as to exactly what is happening in Trinidad with this whole cassava business? Good day, Roderick. Thanks for having me. Sure. As you said, I, I, I'm part of the Trinidad and Tobago Agribusiness Association, as well as the Caribbean Agribusiness Association, both organizations seeking to address issues affecting agribusiness stakeholders, um, in the case of Trinidad and Tobago, um, that's what TABA does, and regionally, that's what CABA, the Caribbean Agribusiness Association, looks at doing. In Trinidad and Tobago, we have been focusing on developing a number of commodities, all with the hope of promoting and encouraging food security, we want to feed ourselves, and as well as developing export markets, with the overall objective of making sure that stakeholders profit, that they're more profitable, that they are able to benefit significantly from these initiatives, and that consumers can get healthier, more affordable foods. Now, what we've been doing with cassava, we've established a cassava industry development committee. This committee is comprised of all the key stakeholders along the agribusiness chain, the input suppliers, the financiers, the producers themselves, the farmers, who are key to this whole initiative. We've been collaborating with the researchers, such as CARDI, the University of West Indies, the University of Trinidad and Tobago. We've brought on board the key processors, TABA being the primary one, as well as other small processors of cassava. And we've also brought on board consumer groups, the Square Market Association, NAMDEFCO, which is the National Agricultural Marketing and Development Company, mm -hmm. and other players along the value chain, mm -hmm. with the objective of moving cassava for building an industry. Now, this last week, we celebrated Cassava Week 2012, and the theme for that week was cassava from the ground to the gourmet. Wow. And during that week, we sought to promote cassava in all its forms, from the ground, focusing on the producers themselves, assisting them in improving their productivity, mm -hmm. transferring technology, assisting them in mechanization, bring all the way up to looking at the gourmet aspect, promoting the consumption of cassava among the consumers of Trinidad and Tobago. So cassava, I mean, I know you might have been looking at the many other items, but what is so big, if someone may on the outside say, what, what's, what's up with cassava? I mean, why so much emphasis? Well, it's all part of... And I forgot to mention that the Ministry of Food Production, Land and Marine Affairs, mm -hmm. under the Minister, Minister Honorable Basan Barat, has been promoting cassava production in Trinidad and Tobago for food security reasons. Okay. Our intention is to displace a number of important commodities, and we're looking to at least reach the point of 25% of the, the, the consumption of staples, looking at displacing some of the rice as imported from extra regional sources, mm -hmm. the, the wheat. The, 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 the potatoes, the Irish potatoes, we are trying to substitute those with locally produced or regionally produced staples. So we see cassava as a commodity, as a staple that can be utilized to substitute for those products. 
particularly since cassava, we see it as a healthier item, traditionally it's grown among our producers. It is a complex carbohydrate, so it is ideal for that healthy focus that the, our country, Trinidad and Tobago, is, is pushing in terms of to address the issue of the diabetics, to lower cholesterol, to um, assist with the healthy eating fibers, more fibrous, it has a lot of vitamins and, and nutrients in it. So we see cassava as the real vital supply for Trinidad and Tobago. At the same time, you mentioned from the ground to the gourmet, and I, and I know when it's the gourmet, we have to be speaking something with food. Of course, cassava would be tasted differently. It would prepared in a lot of different ways to the traditional um, items that you want to displace. But what emphasis is placed? How, how is that part of the whole promotion um, is focused? Well, well, Steph, we have been trying to go out to the major restaurants and hotels in the country to encourage them to add cassava to, to, their, to their menu. And that, that exercise has been going pretty well. During the cassava week, we sought to encourage, increase use of cassava in a more gourmet fashion. So we distributed recipes and brochures that would highlight opportunities to use cassava in, in such manner. So we were promoting the use of cassava over a tent, scallop cassava, um, using the raw grated cassava to substitute for wheat flour to make bread, to make muffins, to make sweet bread. So throughout the week, we were doing all those different items, whether in terms of supplying the products in a, for training programs to the farmers, or we would have encouraged the hotels to use more cassava. We went to schools and we had the young ladies and young men cook different meals from cassava. Um, as I said, scallop cassava, cassava gratin. Some of the young people made cakes using the raw grated cassava. They were able to make stuff like pone and porridge. You name it, they were able to do it with the cassava. And more importantly, we have been trying to promote that healthy carbs program, encouraging people to substitute wheat flour with cassava, 40% cassava flour, and the rest wheat flour to make a, 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 um, a sort of, of flour that would be able to be used by the consumers, and it's healthier, and it's pretty affordable as well. So gourmet, we've been trying to introduce that concept utilizing cassava. Okay. I want to seek a pin in here, because what I would, what I would um, also challenge you or, or offer you to do, because part of the Caribbean Agriculture Forum, we have, among other things in our segments, uh, a recipe pick of the week. And I would like if you can maybe email some of the recipes so that we can share some of this with our listeners. We will be very grateful for that. Our email is the Caribbean Agriculture Forum at gmail.com, and I can always give you um, after the program. And let us look for that. We speak, we know the farmers are always excited and interested in the production. You mentioned about the consumer group and so on. But how is the average man on the street in Trinidad and Tobago binding into this whole concept? Well, the, it, it's growing in popularity. And we, we recognize that we have to go to certain points in order to get people to buy into it. We can't introduce products that are totally new or totally um, um, outside of the normal palate of the consumers. So that's why we focus on doing other cassava fries so that we've been introducing these cassava fries to the barbecue outlets. And okay. that's where we did the sampling. So okay. consumers will be able to taste this cassava fries, and they've recognized it tastes better than the normal Irish potato fries, and it's locally grown. So they've bought into it in that way. Likewise, utilizing that, that, um, that raw grated cassava and making a composite flour with flour, 
we are encouraging the consumers to use less with Florin and get the bakeries on board so that they themselves can use that that com that, that sort of um, that, that combined flour and that is where we found consumers have been excited. They they want to know that they're using something local. They want to know that they're using something that is that is that is healthier and that's something that's affordable and will benefit the farmers. So the average Joe is seeing the benefits. And and if you know this, Trinidad and Tobago is one of the countries with the highest incidences of of um, non-communicable diseases, those sort of lifestyle-oriented diseases, the diabetes, the high blood pressure, the high cholesterol. So we are part of the government's program. We have, have a program that's called Fight the Fat Program. Okay. And our initiative is to try to encourage you to eat in a much more healthy fashion. So even though there may be a lot of people that like the product, they find that the products are sexy, they're innovative, they're dynamic, there are a number of consumers as well who recognize the health benefits of the server. So like it or not, they are coming on board. Now, of course, in the whole issue, why Stala is a major processing outfit, how are the, the other smaller processors or other um, private operators, what sort of role are they playing in terms of this um, value added and making the cassava, the fruit, the, sorry, the root itself um, become more available in a convenient form? Well, that's interesting. Our minister has encouraged us to avoid competing with smaller players. And that is why our research and development team develops new products, develops new initiatives, and tries to introduce it to the entrepreneurs out there. So we welcome entrepreneurs to come on board and take the different initiatives and run with it. But right now what we try to do, we avoid competing directly with the other entrepreneurs, the other processors. So what we do is support them in terms of technology development and, and we introduce new technology to them. And what we've also sought to do is on the Cassava Industrial Development Committee, we've invited some of those processors, in fact all of them, to come on board and be part of the initiative. So whatever developments we do, we share it with them. And I'll give you an example. One thing we've been trying to do is to improve the productivity of the cassava producers. Uh -huh. So we've been working with other input suppliers and agronomists to introduce the use of biostimulants and micronutrients to cassava production, as well as increased training on agronomy to the farmers, encouraging them to do better land prep, addressing issues regarding pests and disease. So, and we've now introduced 11 new varieties of cassava via tissue culture to Trinidad and Tobago. We are about to evaluate these varieties, and we brought the processors on board, letting them know you all can benefit from this as well. So once the farmer is able to produce and be more productive, automatically the processors get a, they can get a better quality product at a more affordable price. And this translates to overall benefits to the consumers. Speaking here with Alistair Glynn out of Trinidad and Tobago. is based out of the Trinidad and Tobago Agribusiness Association and also the Caribbean Agribusiness Association. He's giving us some insight into the whole issue of the Cassava Week celebration is the second of its kind, so we are holding a discussion here on this. Alistair, as we continue in this discussion, though, as part of this whole new initiative, you have also, um, as TABA, entered into an agreement, an arrangement with the University of the West Indies to support the cassava industry. Could you enlighten us about, about this also, please? Sure. As I mentioned earlier, the University of the West Indies is a key partner us advancing the state of the industry. And uh, when we decided to import the 11 tissue culture varieties out of SEAT in Colombia, mm -hmm. we had no proper facilities to 
really manage these tissue varieties to store them, to house them, and to, to harden them. And we entered into an arrangement with the university to house the, the variety. In fact, only about two weeks ago, there was a signing ceremony between the University of West Indies and TABA, which was witnessed by the Minister of Food Production, the Honorable Vassan Barat, where they would now harden these fisticulture varieties and they would then be planted out and evaluated by the Ministry of Food Production's research division. So following this evaluation period, the more prolific producers, the more prolific varieties, and that would best suit our requirements, would then be uh, macro-propagated and distributed to the farming community. So the university is playing a pivotal role in trying to build industry using these varieties. Of course, we speak about the farmers earlier on, the producer will benefit from all this set of research. But what are some of the current challenges, would you say, that the, the farmer on the ground within the whole cassava industry is facing right now? And, and how is Trinidad overall and, and Tava and the government is working towards um, supporting those challenges? Well, to be frank with you, farmers in Trinidad today will need to improve their, improve, improve their production. They need to increase their yields. Right now, we estimate that farmers will be getting about 10 to 15,000 uh, pounds per acre. And there's a need to almost double that production. Although, interestingly enough, we believe that's almost the same average that producers in, in Latin America that, that, that they achieve as well. Okay. So we need to get up to the more advanced stage and that's the same goal all the cassava producers around the region are looking to, to, to do. Oh. They want to increase their, their production, their productivity, improve on their yields. And that is, that is an area that we've been working hard towards. Also the issue of pests and disease. Mm -hmm. When we had the se severe drought situation, I think it was experienced throughout the region last two years ago. Yes, year, we had an outbreak of the cassava hornworm okay. that devastated a number of fields in Trinidad. And as an industry, we came together, the input suppliers, the farmers, the university, TABA, and we sought to combat that problem. So we're always on the lookout for the outbreak of pests and diseases. Now, the other thing is, and probably this is the biggest challenge, we have to recognize there's a need to constantly work towards changing consumer preferences. Okay. We have to make the products more innovative. We have to introduce them to the market in a dynamic manner. And that's why we're focusing on the fries, the use of the, the flour, and generally getting young people on board. Because right now, cassava is introduced and is used in the, in the school, school feeding program by the School Dietary Nutrition Services Limited. But they have found that children tend to push aside the cassava that is, that is, that is processed and used in the traditional boiled format. Right. So we feel that we need to find more innovative ways to introduce the product to the school children. And that's why we went into schools and did the cookouts with the school children. Let them make the meals that they like. And that's why they chose the gratin and they did the cakes, etc. So we, 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 we know we have to go back to the drawing board and find ways to make the product more attractive to young people. And by extension, when we do that, then they should go out and tell their parents, hey, let's get this cassava. But to give us an idea um, and give our listeners an idea, in terms of the, the size of the industry and what sort of acreage we're speaking about, how much farmers we're speaking about? Well, right now we, have, we, we think we have about 800 acres of cassava being produced in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, in terms of the number of farmers, it's hard to estimate. I'll be frank, I'm not much of an expert in terms of the, the number of producers, but I would say we probably have like about 
500 farmers doing cassava. Okay. The, the reality is, though, that the minister, in his food production plan, he has targeted an increase in production to double what we are doing right now. So we'll, we're probably looking to get 600 acres of cassava under production this year. And that is ex expected to increase as well by a further 800 acres in the following year. So we are looking to really ramp up production of cassava in Trinidad. And again, as I said, it, it's taking a serious effort on our part to ensure that we meet the minister's targets. In fact, next week, mm -hmm. um, Farooq Shah, my manager of production and procurement, mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. will be going down to Colombia to meet with SIAC and the Consortium of Latin American Cassava Producers to collaborate with all these cassava producers in the region to present our case as Sri and Tobago and by extension the region to see how they can best assist us in furthering our work. So just to our listeners, you are listening right now to the Caribbean Agriculture Forum, as we say it's here. Agriculture program that addresses many of our issues is a platform for dialogue, discussion, networking, not only in Grenada, but in the Caribbean and also in the wider world. So today we've been speaking with Mr. Alistair Glynn out of Trinidad and Tobago, of the Trinidad and Tobago Agribusiness Association. So at this point in time, I just want to take a word from our sponsors and then we'll continue in with our discussion with him, discussing the cassava business in Trinidad. It's a perfect time to rejuvenate the most restful room in your home. At Courts, we're hosting a bedding and bedroom event where you'll find great deals that you don't want to miss. Our mattresses start from only $279. Also, get a queen for the price of a double or a king for the price of a queen with the purchase of selected sleep-on-it mattresses and divans. Plus, find unbeatable combos in-store. So why not sleep in? We'll even throw in some free pillows. It's the bedding and bedroom event only at Courts. Courts, bringing value home. For the best in professional and efficient computer services, visit us, Computer Visionaires, on Gore Street, St. George, or Seton Front Street in Granville. We specialize in computer classes, typing, and printing. We also offer online visa appointments, international phone calling, and PCV pairs. Not forgetting photocopying, faxing, laptop rentals, and math, English, and accounts evening classes. For more information, contact us at 435-1842 or 442-8801 or email compvision63 at hotmail.com. Computer Visionaires, the reliable and professional internet cafe in town. Okay, so welcome back to this edition of Caribbean Agriculture Forum. And of course, remember you can email any comments to us at caribbeanagricultureforum at gmail. Dot com. Today we are discussing as part of our program a feature interview here with Alistair Glynn out of the Trinidad and Tobago Agribusiness Association giving us an update as to what is happening in Trinidad with cassava business. Okay, so let us join him back on this discussion. Well, in fact, this is the next question I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you from a regional standpoint, because, of course, traditionally, culturally, Trinidad would have eat a lot of um, cassava and so on. But from a regional perspective, and even our, our, um, our friends within the hemisphere, um, I was going to ask you what really is happening there. And I am really happy to, to know that you guys are going out in Latin America to, to learn and to share. And, and definitely, we would like to get a feedback um, 
from you and your colleagues when you come back as to what you discover and how we can improve the whole learning within the region. But as part of CABA, we've recognized in Trinidad and Tobago that we can't achieve food security on our own. I don't think any country in the region can achieve food security on its own. We need to partner. We all need to partner from Jamaica in the north down to Suriname in the south, as far west as Belize, as far east as Cote Barbados. We need to partner with each other. So when we go to Colombia, we want to go and put on a regional hat and say to them, listen, this is what the region is doing, this is what we require, and we want to encourage, we want to encourage all our partners around the region. And in fact, before we go, we're going to send an email via CABA, uh, as well as CAPAN, and ask them, give us some ideas. What do you want to learn? How can you benefit from partnership with Clayuca and SEAT? And as I mentioned, I probably mentioned this earlier, mm -hmm. CABA is trying to promote a healthy carbs program around the region, promoting okay. the use of healthy carbohydrates, staples that are produced locally, regionally, I should say. Um, and we're not just talking about the cassava, but the dashing, the yam, the sweet potato, the tanya, etc. We can produce regionally. We can serve our own stakeholders. We don't need to rely on the imported stuff. We can cut back on the use of imports. So we want to promote the consumption of healthy carbs. We want to promote the use of cassava and the other root crops. And we feel as if we come together, then we can tell our governments, listen, let's put some money, let's invest in developing these local industries, let's go the way of the value-added. Because let's face it, we can only advance these industries through value-added production. And this is a model that Tabo is trying to promote through Cabo, that there's a need for public sector, private sector collaboration, focusing on value-added, contracting with farmers, doing the necessary R&D to ensure that we can introduce high-quality, healthy, reasonably priced, innovative products to our consumers. And that's something we want to share with all our R&D. We want to share it with the region. We want everybody to come on board, both the farmers, the processors, the consumers, all the stakeholders in our business. No, you mentioned about that whole collaboration from the, the, the processing end and also the, the, the targets that we need to meet um, as a region and, and your country in terms of the production. How, how is the whole issue of the, the large farms project um, as supported by the government um, is incorporated within the source structure? Well, interestingly enough, you know, wherever we see large farms, there was a big argument to Trinidad that these large farms would displace smaller farmers. And what we've seen is that there are so many farmers in Trinidad that have the same set of acreage as the so-called large farms. So they're not really large farms. But what the ministry has, has wisely done, they have, in, the, in establishing these large farms, they have uh, earmarked certain farms for production of rice, of, of, of uh, legumes, livestock, um, root crops. So they have properly planned it out. Oh, so it's not, it's not, it's not a helter-skelter? No, no. It's a, a well-thought-out plan, and each, each farm has a particular purpose. Now, ah, nonetheless, okay. as I said, we see increased production of cassava and other staples by, by almost 100% over the next year. And that is why Tava is now working to develop new markets and looking at new products. Because we can't just say produce. Let's be realistic. There's no food shortage in the region. We all eat. There's mm -hmm. no food shortage. Okay. What we need to do is displace imports. And the only way we can do that is to process and do value-added products that are innovative, that are exciting and dynamic and reasonably priced. Not only healthy, but reasonably priced. So if we do that, and we are confident that, you know what, we can find markets for the increased production. So the large farms, 
they're, 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 they're ideally what we need in order to achieve our objectives. If we want to go towards feeding ourselves in a more dynamic and more effective manner. Speaking here with Alistair Glean out of Trinidad and Tobago, of the Trin Trinidad and Tobago Agribusiness Association. We are discussing this cassava business in Trinidad only last week. Um, they had a whole celebration, the second annual cassava festival, if you want to call it that, from the ground to the gourmet. Alistair, you, you went on to a, to a subject there, and I know a lot of folks listening on the outside were saying, why is he going there? You, the inputs and processing, but the whole issue of cost-effectiveness is an issue versus the cost of wheat versus the cost of cassava or local products. How, how, are you in, how do you intend as a, as a country, if I may say, to able to, to address this whole matter of improved productivity to reduce also the issue of cost of production? Well, that, that, that's interesting, and, and it, it, I always get passionate about this subject. <laughs> well, I didn't know that, but it's good. Let's talk about it. <laughs> we, we, we need to understand that first and foremost, we need to feed ourselves. We need to feed ourselves. If another if another 9/11 occurs, and the ports are cut off, and we can't import food, what would we do? We have to face that reality that as a region, we should be able to supply our own food. Now. My view is that we have certain countries with huge landmass, the Guyana, the Belize, the Suriname, to some extent Jamaica, that we can all collaborate as a regional agricultural policy. And we can determine, okay, how are we going to determine who produces what and how we collaborate and how we invest in the production in these various countries. That is, that is the way we need to go. We need to collaborate. We need to have that interregional trade. And if we do that, and if people know where markets exist and it's well coordinated, the private sector needs to get well organized. If we know the markets, then it's easy for people to produce. Dominica can do the dashing and the plantains and ship it to Grenada or to Trinidad. Jamaica can do the Aki, ship it across to us. We need to be well organized. Now, I'm saying that because we keep depending on, on foreign imports, so we're not food secure. We keep losing foreign exchange which is a key situation mm -hmm. for all the countries in the region. I know you say that with low, low price products and it's, a, it's an issue for the economies. But if it is we work together and we share the research and development, we have the CADIs, and CADI now is managing the Common Fund for Commodity Program, and part of the program looks at staples, mm -hmm. cassava in particular in and Tobago, and we have been looking at improving the productivity of the farmers, trying to reduce their costs. And Tabo has partnered with Planty Center out of, out of Brazil, and we have brought in mechanical planters and harvesters that cuts costs, labor costs significantly. You know, labor costs are one of the key, yes. key, key, key setbacks for, the, for production. And by the use of the plant and the harvester, we've been able to reduce the cost of production of cassava significantly in Trinidad and Tobago. And we feel that with increased economic practices, improve agronomic practices, again, that's something where farmers can improve their productivity significantly. We have seen input suppliers in Trinidad utilize biosimilants and micronutrients, and in fact, we're evaluating one of them right now, and when we go to Colombia, we're going to speak to the stakeholders about their experiences, and we are seeing, and it's scary, but whereas we see over 15,000 pounds per acre, maximum 20 to 25,000 pounds by the more progressive farmers, mm -hmm. by the use, through the use of biosimilars and micronutrients, mm -hmm. we've had preliminary, preliminary uh, output of close to 50,000 pounds per acre. Wow. So, is something that so it's doable. It's, it's doable, and we feel that if that, if that is the case, then 
Of course, in farmers can be more profitable. They can sell it at a, at a, at a more cost-effective price that would allow the, the consumers to benefit significantly. We, we at Taban generally on the committee, we have the view that farmers should be operating in a profitable manner. Farmers are the ones who should be driving the SUVs and living in the mansions. We support that concept. But in order to do that, we have to be more effective. We have to be more productive. We have to be operating in a manner that farmers can benefit and that consumers can benefit. And more than that, at the end of the day, that the economy can be driven, can turn, can work. But it, it can't be done simply by relying on the foreign inputs. We have to find a way to displace them. But at the same time, we have to find a way to make farmers operate more efficiently. Well, of course, finding a way is one, but also having the available technology at the disposal is very important. It, it's interesting, though, that you, you are not going to North America, but you are going to, to, to South America, Central America. Um, instead, just across, you're, you're, you're in a stone throw away from Trinidad, for, for those sort of supporting agriculture, is it because the technology lies there? Well, you know, the technology lies there, and the Latin Americans, the Central Americans are the ones who are strong in cassava production. Um, India is also one of the best producers of cassava, but that's so far away, and we have established some really good linkages with the Latin Americans through the Clayuca, and they have been really helpful for us, and, they, you know, they, they have developed equipment that is ideal for small farmers, and at the end of the day, we think that we can learn from them. They have, they have had centuries of cassava production, and they're doing a lot of magnificent work in these countries, uh, particularly Brazil, Colombia, Costa Rica. They're doing a lot of good work, and they have been willing, to, they have expressed interest, and they have shared their technology with us so far. What we need to ensure is that transfer of technology. And, and that's why I keep talking about public sector, private sector collaboration, because in Trinidad, the committee serves as a sort of coordinating body to ensure that the work UE is doing is not the same work that the University of Trinidad and Tobago is doing. That what one input supplier is doing doesn't really drive another input supplier out of the other business. That what Taba does is not the same thing that Cardi does. So we are all trying to ensure there's no overlap and that we can collaborate. And I'll tell you this, Cardi has been doing some phenomenal work and has been partnering with Taba to move the industry forward. So when we were, an example, we were bringing in the culture varieties, and Cardi was going to do the same thing as well. And when we uh, found out, we decided to work up together, and we did it collectively. So now, you know, we, there's little overlap, and there's a good use of the resources, the scarce resources that are available to us. Well, it's good that you say that, because I know that last year, um, Cardi had um, a special um, symposium, seminar, um, workshop, um, looking at the whole issue of coordination of, of research so that you don't have duplication and so on. So this is good, and I think through that uh, mechanism, you're able to, 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 to nip that. Otherwise, you would have had double, double action taking place there. Mm -hmm. um, but, but before you go, though, I, I want to, I, I must spend a, a minute or two on this. The, the initiative with KFC and the sweet potato on the KFC um, Kentucky Fried Chicken menu, Tell us about that. Well, again, I know that's a long story, but give us a sneak peek about that. Well, with, with the cassava, we tried to introduce it with KFC, and they felt that maybe the sweet potato would be better for the consumers because the cassava, you know, it had the um, I'm trying to remember the basket, the the veins, the, the, the stringiness in the mm -hmm. in the cassava. Mm -hmm. Where the sweet potato didn't have that problem, mm -hmm. and they felt that the taste would be ideal for the local palate. So they decided to, to, to buy into the sweet potato concept, and they started using it in their restaurants. 
However, we had some setback in that we did not engage in a strong enough promotional program. Right. So we are now a, we now recently did a customer survey, customer market research survey, determining customer preferences and satisfaction for the overall product. Mm-hmm. And now we are about to relaunch, okay. focusing on about the strong points of the price and trying to get consumers to buy into it in a much more effective manner. But KFC is on board. They are committed. They are committed to working with local stakeholders, and, and, and that's what's so significant now. We've, we've found that a lot of, not just KFC, but other players are now seeing the benefits of working with the domestic industry. So KFC is about to launch and, and, and put these sweet potato fries back on, back on their menu board, and, uh, you know, we, we, we have high hopes. We have high hopes. Our concern now is farmers, we need to step up and ensure that we can produce a quality product for KFC. So that, that, that's where we're going with that. And we're hoping that, as I said, we can spread this message throughout the region. Mm-hmm. We've, we've said to ourselves, Olympics are coming up in a few months. Mm-hmm. And last year we won, last Olympics we won so many medals as a region. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah, I think we're going to do even better. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see another gold medal in the 100 and 200. I think in the 400 for sure. Our guy out in Grenada, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, course. of course. But he, all these guys, they grew up on rooftops. And we've somehow not been able to promote the consumption of root crops internationally to let people know, hey, there's something special about the Caribbean. Not just the water, it's not just sand and sea we're famous for, but our foods are just as dynamic and healthy. So we want to take that message out there and, and allow the international franchises, the KFCs, all the McDonald's, all of them, let them buy and let them support the, the, the development of these industries and put regionally produced products on their menus. And by extension, as we look to the export market, Let's go out there, man. Let, let's let them know why Usain Bolt runs so well, why Kirani James does so well, why, why Richard Thompson is a torpedo. Let's show them that hey, our foods, our root crops. It's in the food we eat. We provide our supplies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as I say, Alistair, I'm very happy that we had this discussion here. I'm looking at the whole issue of cassava, of course, but other initiative that is happening within Trinidad as it relates to the root crops. Here we're speaking to Alistair. Glean out of the Trinidad and Tobago Agribusiness Association and, of course, the Caribbean Agribusiness Association. Alistair, definitely we want to get a hookup when you get back from um, Colombia. Is it you're going? Sure. Right, and, and, give us an, yeah, and, and give us an update as to what is on the table in, in front of us. And, and uh, how is CARICOM supporting all of this initiative, though? Well, as I said, with the CARICOM, in fact, has, had mandated cargo a few years ago to promote the whole TABA model, as we call it, that public sector, private sector collaboration. And I know the Regional Agribusiness Program has identified, the various programs have identified root crops, cassava, etc., to be promoted around the region, to be produced and focused on. So CARICOM has encouraged us to go out and promote. And I think that TABA has been a little bit lax in terms of getting out there, going to the various countries and communicating to them that whole message of, of the root crop production, of healthy carbs, and public sector, private sector collaboration. So in collaboration with CARICOM, yes, we want to get out there. We want to promote it. And I want to encourage the stakeholders. If you all have any comments, if you all have any interest that you'd like us to raise when we go to Colombia, please feel free to contact us. And my email is aldean, A-L-G-L-E-A-N, at hotmail.com. Or they can email us at Kaba Secretariat, C-A-B-A, Secretariat, S-E-C-R-E-T-A-R-I-A-T, at gmail.com. 
so we can receive any comments from you. Or if they contact you directly, Roderick, you can then forward it to us. Yes, we about and represent the region. Yes, and we can be contacted at Caribbean Agriculture Forum at gmail.com. Okay, so thank you so much, Alistair, and all the best out in TNT. Thanks a lot, Roderick. Take God care. Thank you, good night. So this has just brought us to wraps on the discussion interview with Alistair Glynn out of Trinidad and Tobago on this edition of Caribbean Agriculture Forum. Of course, this is brought to you with the kind compliments of the following. Spice Isle Fish House Limited, Bain and Sons, Hardware Department, Computer Visioners, Courts, Grenada Distillers, and Eastern Caribbean Fertilizer Corporation of Barbados. So welcome once again to this week's website pick of the week compliments of our friends at the computer visionaries. For the best in professional and efficient computer services, visit us Computer Visionaires on Gold Street, St. George, or Seaton Run Street in Granville. We specialize in computer classes, typing, and printing. We also offer online visa appointments, international phone calling, and PC repairs. Not forgetting photocopying, faxing, laptop rentals, and math, English, and accounts evening classes. For more information, contact us at 435-1842 or 442-8801 or email compvision63 at hotmail.com. Computer Visioners, the reliable and professional internet cafe in town. As we get ready for this segment, again, the website pick of the week, where we would look at uh, website from any part of the world we must compliment computer visionaries okay listeners right now we are going to get into the segment the website pick of the week and this week's website pick of the week is www.agriculture.gov.tt slash that's forward slash fpl M A. That's the Trinidad and Tobago the Ministry, and it is called actually the Ministry of Food Production, Land, and Marine Affairs. So the website is agriculture.gov.tt forward slash F-E-L-M-A. And that is the website pick of the week here. If you go onto the website, you will see many information here. You'll see... Uh, Minister Vasin Barrett, the uh, Minister for Food Production, Land and Marine Affairs of Trinidad and Tobago. He is doing a lot here. We have the Minister Tools Farmlands. Here we have the Ministry of Food Production continues the tree planting program in collaboration with the schools. The Ministry also launched the Food Production Action Plan. So there are many um, information here, news items here we see, as we continue looking at this, the, the news items, we also have um, some other sections on the website to speak of the services that have been offered by the Ministry for Food Production, Land and Marine Affairs, we speak also of the programs and projects what they are doing, um, they also speak of the, the Large Farm Project, which is a collaboration between the government 
and the private sector using state lands for increased production of the food. We also have a section, a knowledge center, where you have access to a library, uh, online library with various information and publications. And of course, there is a section in the media room where you can download pictures, videos, and other press releases that would be of importance to you. So we want to recommend this website this week, the agriculture.gov.tt forward slash FPLMA, the Ministry of Food Production, Land and Marine Affairs, based in Trinidad and Tobago. And we say we want to thank our folks at the Computer Visionaries for sponsoring this segment here for us on the Caribbean Agriculture Forum. And of course, if you have your favorite website that you also want to recommend to our listeners, please do so by emailing Caribbean Agriculture Forum at gmail.com and we will gladly share this website with the rest of our listeners. You are listening to Caribbean Agriculture Forum. It's your agriculture program on this station here covering issues of agriculture in the Caribbean and of course the world, creating a platform for the dialogue and discussion, sharing of information and of course Caribbean Agriculture Forum is brought to us with the kind compliments of Spicel Fish House Limited, Bain and Sons Limited, Computer Visioners, Coats, the Grenada Distillers, and Eastern Caribbean Fertilizer Corporation based in Barbados. The freshest foods, the perfect meal, the ultimate kitchen. At Courts, we offer the widest range of kitchen solutions from the world's top brands at the best prices guaranteed. And right now at Courts, when you purchase any appliance, you get a chance to live free for one year, where every month for one year, all your utilities and food expenses are paid for you. Plus, if your appliance purchases a Whirlpool, you can win a 32-inch Sony LCD TV. So shop now and your problems are solved. Only at Courts, bringing value home. See Press and in-store for more details. Welcome back to Caribbean Agriculture Forum. As we are about to look at the recipe pick of the week, we are going to look here this week at the yam nut balls, and this will serve four, four to six persons. The ingredients, two cups crushed cooked yam, one egg slightly beaten, half cup grated cheese, half cup, dry breadcrumbs, one teaspoon salt, quarter teaspoon pepper sauce, one tablespoon finely chopped chive, or chive some people say, two tablespoon melted margarine, half cup crushed cashew or peanuts. Of course the method, how do you do that? The method, how do we prepare these ingredients? In the recipe, combine yam with egg, cheese, breadcrumbs, salt, pepper, and chive. Shape a heaped tablespoon of mixture into balls. Dip each ball into melted margarine and then in crushed nuts. Put on a greased tray and grill 
until lightly brown. So this here was our recipe of the week, yam nut balls. And of course, we want to leave you with one little cooking tip. And the cooking tip will be, here we go, to make crumbs, toast bread lightly and grind or crush between two sheets of paper. That's a real smart, quick trick. To make crumbs, toast bread lightly and grind or crushed between two sheets of paper. And of course, the source of our recipe this week, the multicultural cuisine of Trinidad and Tobago, and this is taken from a text that was prepared actually by the Naparima Girls High School Cookbook, the updated and revised version of 2002. Okay, so this was taken from the multicultural cuisine of Trinidad and Tobago and the Caribbean. Naparima Girls High School Cookbook, updated and revised edition. So this week's recipe pick of the week, as we say, it was the yam nut balls and of course if you have your special recipe that you would like to share with us you can email us at caribbean agriculture forum at gmail.com and we will gladly share it or if you tried it and you have the comments that you want to share with our listeners please email and we can make arrangements for such sharing so do have a good day so this has just brought us to the end of Caribbean Agriculture Forum. We say it's your program. It's your agriculture program that discusses all the issues of agriculture in Grenada, the Caribbean, and, of course, the ACP, African, Caribbean, and Pacific countries, where we create a platform for dialogue, where we create a platform for you to air your views and voice, and where we can share. And, of course, we can hear repeat of this program on Sundays, at 2 to 3 on this very said station and you can also follow us with an email Caribbean Agriculture Forum at gmail.com or you can also add us to your Skype where we can hold discussions with you and the Skype is very simple it's also Caribbean Agriculture Forum of course we look forward to you following us and of course we We'll be back with you next Tuesday, same time, same place. So I'm your host, Roderick Sinclair, and this program has been brought to you with the kind compliments of Spice Isle Fishhouse Limited, Bain and Sons Limited, Computer Visioners, Coats, Grenada Distillers, and Eastern Caribbean Fertilizer Corporation of Barbados.